Connect Red are a Midlands-based telecommunications company with branches in Cannock, Derby and Burton-on-Trent in partnership with Vodafone UK. Our shops are currently closed due to the pandemic, but we are here to help in any way we possibly can. Get in touch with us for any of your tech and communication needs, consumer or business, and we can tailor individual packages and cater for multi-bundle deals too. Visit us at connectred.co.uk. That's C-O-N-N-E-K-T-R-E-D and drop us a message. Welcome to the Talk Darby to Me podcast. I'm Blake Fellows, as ever, sponsored by our, our very good friends. We are good friends, are they? have been doing it a while. Connect Red, who you've just heard from, and Elite Football Development. I've just been watching Elite Football Development, actually, on their Instagram. Ben Osborne's been talking to, to Joe Lolly. I know he plays for the wrong team, but a really interesting chat about him coming through non-league and coaching and, and things like that. So go and have a look at that, if, if that interests you. Today we've got Kevin Wilson, who... Um, Better known recently for being manager of Ilkeston Town and uh, and Nuneaton, but um, played for Derby in the early 80s. People of a certain age remember him, playing up front with, with Bobby Davidson and others. Um, had a really good career, wanted to play for Chelsea and Ipswich. An interesting chap because he's been involved in non-league for a while. Also an agent now. So we get kind of three aspects of, of football, really. We get the player's perspective, we get a manager's perspective, and we get that of an agent now, especially during these times where it's very difficult for some players in the minute to find a club. So, uh, really, really good. Really interesting chat with, with Kev. It was recorded a, a long time ago, about two months ago now, I think. I thought I'd lost it. It was on a USB stick that I managed to find. I'm terrible with saving stuff, but luckily we've managed to find it. He tells a really interesting story about um, Che Adams getting the opportunity to come to Derby, but it never quite came off. There's players like Ash Hunter, Kane Richards, Che Adams, loads of them that came through that Ilkeston Academy at that time. They've gone on to have great careers, so um, that was spearheaded by Kevin Wilson. So, a great chat. Here he is, former Derby, Ipswich, Chelsea, uh, loads of other clubs. I think I name him in the intro, so here he is. Here's Kev. Kevin Wilson, former Derby, Chelsea, Ipswich, Notts County. I'm trying to do this from memory. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You haven't done too bad. Then there's Warsaw and Northampton. So <laughs> yeah, so not too bad. How are you? How, how's life? Difficult yeah, times. Yeah. Well, not easy for anybody at the moment, but um, you know you have to crack on and get through it. So, you know, just hope everybody uh, stays safe and well, really. With what you're up to now, it's agent. Are you a full-time agent now, is it? We've got, well, it's a sports uh, agency, you know. Um, been doing that for approximately three years. I came out after being at Nuneaton, just to, just for a change. I've had, had a, I've had a few offers to go back in as a manager. Um, but at the present moment, just stayed doing this. And, you know, it's uh, it's been good. It's been working with players still, you know, and... I mostly don't see myself as an agent. I mostly see myself more as a mentor for a lot of these young players because I've gone through what they've gone through and, and tried to help them have the career that I had, really. How did you first get into that from, from management then? Was it just fancying a change? 
Yeah, just uh, some friends or a friend of mine just said there were some uh, people that he knew were looking at it. Um, we had a we had a chat and um, we we took it we took it forward. So um, it's it's been going okay. So we, we can't complain. Um, it's getting better and better, and you, you you improve as you go along. But you know, I've also had players that I've looked after as a manager who've come with me. So. Um, you know, you're ranging really from championship right through to non-league. How does it differ from, from the management side of it? Is, it? is it quite similar? Very similar in a way. You're dealing with players, you're dealing with problems. Um, they want to move when they're not playing and uh, they want different things. But no, I'm, I'm quite lucky with the group I've got. They, they know what I'm like. I'm very straight and very honest. Um, so they know where... You know, they know it's a good starting point. So, um, yeah, it's it's twenty four seven like management. You know, so um, it, it's it's different in its own own different ways. It must be difficult at the minute because I've seen some. I can't think of numbers off the top of my head, but I've seen some crazy stats about the amount of footballers that are free agents at the minute, and and there's so many so many players out there. Is it is it a difficult time to be an agent? Or I've, I've, got no, I've got nobody that's a free agent, so um, they're all they're all attached. Whether that be non-league, and some of them have to take a, a drop down to wait to come back. Um, it's not easy times for anybody, as everybody knows. So it, it's one of them that you have to keep uh, working out. You have to keep your contacts, and and hopefully uh, you can get these players, you know, attached to clubs and. You know, unfortunately, some of them had have had to go down. You know, one one league or something, but it gives them an opportunity to go and show what they can do. And if they're playing, they they've got a chance to go and back where they were. Can you ever see a return to management? Is that something you you'd look at? I don't think you say never. Um, I did enjoy it. You know, especially what we we produced at Ilkeston and bringing the players through and. When you see them where they are now, because, you know, even I'm, I'm sure people will always remember the Shy Adams and Ash Hunters who are, are doing really well. The names that come to, the, you know, there was another eight that went in that season as well. So um, also there was players that came from the academy into the first team and have, have gone and had good non-league careers, you know, still speak to them. And if I can help them, I certainly will, because... Uh, you know, they all work really hard to try to improve and hopefully, uh, you know, not just as players, but as, as people. There's a story that I've seen quite a few times on social media recently, and I don't know how true it is, that uh, Derby offered Shea Adams quite early on from Ilkeston. Is that, is that true? Very true, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I turned around and, and told them and, um, you know, they they didn't take it, they didn't take it up, but you know, different clubs want different things. And I, I've always said, and I, I said from the, is the time we started developing that Shea Adams would go and premiership, play premiership football. That, that uh, was always the one for me because I think he, he, he was one of these players that could get you off your seat with what he did. And I think a lot of people always go back to uh, SC United when he took the ball from the halfway line and danced around them and, and put the ball in the back of the net. And it was only a conversation that I was having with uh, Nigel Clough uh, when he was at Sheffield United uh, about Kieran Wallace. And he said to me, 
you know, talking about him. I said, do you want to get the lad Shy Adams? So I said, he's he's doing really well. And he said, well, how much would he cost? He said, leave it with me. And he, he went away and came back that afternoon and, and made an offer. You know, there was already offers on the table. The first the first club that came after Shay was Crew Alexander. So they were already in, but it never came to any attrition really going forward. But um, then we had Peterborough. Barry Fry came to watch him when there was a game rained off uh, and eventually went to Sheffield United and he's he's gone on and you know developed and, and worked and, and got where he where he deserves to do where he need deserves to go sorry yeah. it, I don't think it would have been as straightforward if it was Barry Fry negotiating would it you probably still be negotiating now <laughs> yeah but you know he's always had a good he's always had a good track record with non-league players haven't they you know you have to look at it even you know, when I was at Nuneaton, Aaron Williams and, and Shay Adams went there, you know, and, and they, not Shay, uh, Callum Chettle went there. So, you know, they, they've got good track records and, you know, these are what some of the clubs are good at. They, they take the players in. You only have to look at Ivan Tony, really, at Brentford, who, who went into, in, in there from Newcastle and, and had to rebuild his career and, and that's what Peterborough do. They they do it with players that need to go back, come from the non-league, or they do it from players that have sort of lost their way at the bigger clubs. We had Ben Pringle on about two months ago. Um, was you Oxley manager when when Ben signed? Just just after. Just after, you know, was it? Just after before he went to Derby. Yeah. Um, you know there was, I think at the time they were they were interested in Amari Morgan Smith, but I think it was one of them at the time. It was. Um, they signed a quite a lot of non-league players at, at that sort of time. Nigel had them, and uh, it sort of it sort of stopped there really. But uh, you know, Amari's gone on to have a, a good career as well. So Ben Ben's done exceptionally well, and um, it, he's uh, you know he's done very well for himself. Is it disappointing looking back at your time at Oaks and all the, the academy and everything that was built up and some of the players and like Kane Richards is another one who's gone on to have a good non-league career and there's, there's, we could list loads of them. Is it disappointing that the foundation that was built and the money you were getting in, it didn't, it, you could, the, the club couldn't kick on to that, kick on and, and go to the next level from, from them foundations? I think it's very frustrating when you build something and all of a sudden it gets knocked down. You know, the foundations were good. Um, I think it helped because we were at that time, the first team actually got, you know, the disbanded Dave Mantle take, took it over with SR Education. We kept the academy going. Um, and a lot of these players had opportunities to play uh, and develop against academies like Nottingham Forest and Derby, uh, Sheffield United, you know, they played against them and it helped their development and it also helped us to be spend time with them to try to, to move them forward. So when the season started with a senior squad in the Evo 6 South the year after and the progress was to bring these younger players through, um, when you had the likes of James Reid, Gary Ricketts, uh, Laurie Wilson, um, them experienced players around it, then you could, you could put these younger players in and... Uh, you know, they, they came in and shone and, and they, they went on, you know, and uh, have done very well. So, yeah, when you when you build something, you know, Darren Kasky and, and Steve Chettle, um, 
Andrew Rising was the club secretary, was it was, was excellent. Um, you know, all these people that had worked so hard to make the the, the club what it was. Um, it's disappointing what it ended because, you know, I think if you look back, there was a sell-on from when Shea left Sheffield United to Birmingham and it was a big set, you know, it was a good sell-on. So it would have kept the club going for a, a, a few years and, and, and that's mostly what disappoints you more than anything. You know, these players went, you know, and certainly... <laughs> Where where did it where did it all sort of fall apart really? You've worked obviously in non-league football and you're still in around it now. Ilkeston with how that club is and and the fans the fan base they do get because they can drag some fans in, can't they, for a big game? And how how big do you think they could be? The potential that, that they've got. Well, I think I think now they're about five years behind, aren't they? After, yeah. You know, they were. You, you know, we went and lost in the the conference national. Uh, North playoff, uh, Evo stick uh, playoff final. And if it was a boxing match, it, they, they would have stopped it just after half time because Kirsten never got out of our half. But, you know, Kirsten went on and they won it and they, you know, they they got in and they've, they've stayed in the, the National North since then. So, you know, all credit to them. But it weren't that far away from going forward, you know. But Ilkeston has got a great fan base. Um, they've got they're, they're fantastic. It's a fantastic club for moving forward, and you know I hope I hope they do get back to you know for you know developing. They've got Gandhi in charge now there, and they've got a lot of good people around it. So you you hope so because there's a lot of fans that you know when the club went under when I was there were disappointed, and and they they came back and they supported the club, but. You know they they've had to go through a lot of uh, hard times during this period, and and they still stick at it. And they're great. They're a great group. They were always there, always backed them home in a way. Um, most probably one of the biggest ones around in non-league, as, as you might say, really. Yeah, and and you've worked with with a lot of non-league players, obviously through management and and through agency. The ones that kick on and, and go. Do you think they've got a different facet to their game? If you look at like the Jamie Vardis and people that have come into the game late and played non-league football, do you think they, they've got something different about them that having to have played non-league football and having to, to have done it that way? I think I think they want it. They most probably want it more than the players that have come through academies. You know, um, when when you when you look at it, and I, I'm not I'm not putting that down and tarring everybody with the same brush. Um, I, I will say that, you know, these, I, I came from non-league, I, I, but I was playing senior football at 16, 17 years of age. Um, and this is what we were just trying to do within the academy when we had it at Ilkeston and I had it at Nuneaton was to bring these younger players through as quick as possible. And whether that was in the first team or whether they went out on loan. And, and I think, you know, whether it be at pro level, at non-league level, going out on loan for a younger player is a great experience to play senior football because all of a sudden they realise it's a bit more of a different game of getting the ball down and the ball, passing it backwards, passing it sideways, you know, and, and moving moving the ball forward. It, it, it's very different to the, the modern day game. So... They, they go out and learn. If they can go out and learn, then I still think this is the reason why the likes of Shay Adams, Kane Richards, Ash Hunter, even Callum Chettle, Ryan Myson, who 
who went to Gateshead as well. And, you know, all these, all these people have actually gone on and, and developed and um, they've made a good living for themselves. And I just think one of the things is that these younger players need to get senior football as quick as they can. Mm. You mentioned your move, playing non-league, and then you, you got your move to Derby. How did you get first get in it? Was it Bambury you were playing at? Yeah, Bambury United. Um, but Blake, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that I actually signed for Sheffield United. I signed for Sheffield United on a on a three year, three and a half year deal. Um, about two, two, three months before. Um, and they picked up on uh, the medical that had a, a problem with my left knee, I think it was at the time. And uh, they had played three reserve games, uh, scored two goals in the reserve games against Sheffield on Wednesday and Everton. Things were going really well. And I got a phone call one Thursday afternoon to go to the ground to see Harry Haslam, who was the manager at the time. And he turned around and he said, uh, we're having to rip your contract up because you failed the medical. Wow. So, you know, as a a, a young boy, um, your world your world's ended, really. You know, because everything was planned to be a professional footballer, um, like a lot of boys' dreams nowadays. You know, you, you you go there and you think you're living the dream, aren't you? you you're working, you're doing what you want to do every day. You know, it's hard work sometimes, and it's. It's not easy when you're not winning and if you're not in the side and, and what have you, but it's still what you want and you you want to go forward. So went back to Banbury, um, actually played on the Saturday for Banbury United and, and got two goals, if I remember rightly. And then my name uh, was starting to appear again. I, I went to see a Mr. Benson at the Oxford, Oxford Radcliffe Infirmary in Oxford to see him and uh, have a second opinion. And uh, he said all I'd got was a piece of bone that had come un unattached and attached itself to my, my cartilage in my knee. And he said, I'll give you 20 years professional football from from me now to wherever you whenever you finish and I, I actually finished with about around 20 years and I never had a problem with my knee in in that time my left knee so you know the opportunity then was to to try to go and rebuild it um I had a, a mum and dad who were very supportive I was the only child um and my mum was Irish and she used to say, well, you've got a choice son. you either get on with it or you uh, just go back and, and go and work and, and do, you know, because she didn't think it was work football. She thought it was just you doing something that you, you loved and enjoyed. And it is really, it is something, you know. So I, I, I worked hard. I got myself uh, a different few, you know, a few more games in the first thing, got a few more goals and, the Derby sent down, um, first of all, they sent down Tim Ward to watch me. Um, and then I think, um, I'm just trying to think, Jeff Worth came and watched me. And, and then Alan Ashman, who was at the time the Chief Scout, came to see me. Um, and they invited me up for a week for a trial. Um, so I came up to Derby for a trial when it was at Rainsway. And I think I stopped at the Midland Hotel and... You know, you, you think to yourself, well, 
I've got an opportunity again now and it, you know, it don't knock on the door twice. So I'll go in, um, you know, when you walk into Derby at that time, there was people like Bruce Riop, Dave, uh, Roy McFarlane, Dave Langan, you know, and it, it was sort of, wow, you know, all of a sudden there's some big names here and, and some good players. And at the time, Derby was struggling. They were, you know, the, the year actually, that I'd signed, they got we got relegated from the football league down into Division Two from Division One, so it, it wasn't the best of starts for me. But I I went there on trial. Um, I played for the reserves in a practice game against the first team on the I think it was a Wednesday or it might have been the Thursday, and I scored three goals. Um, so. I thought I'll stay until the Friday and after training, just pulled me into the office, Colin Addison, and, and just said, look, you, you've done really well and we just need now to speak to Banbury United and, and see where we go from there. So they bought me for 25 grand and uh, I made my debut on the December the 19th for the reserves at Blackburn Rovers when we actually, one side of the pitch was frozen and the other side was soft as anything. So... It just shows you the difference from now to them. It would have been most probably off now, Blake. But, you know, it. we lost 4-1, but I scored. It, you know, so for me, it was it was now trying to get back to where I was. And then I made my first team debut in the April at Liverpool. I came on as a sub in a 3-0 defeat. So it was, a, it was a, a bit surreal, really, from, you know, a few few months back, you're thinking that your, your world is ending, really, in a way you do as a kid because it was all I wanted to do. Um, and now I've got this opportunity ahead in front of me. And I ended up thinking I played three games and I think I played against Man City and I played against Nottingham Forest and actually four games in and Brighton. So, yeah, you know, so it was a start, you know, but there's been rough times along the way as well, you know, during the time, you know, it was at Derby when the club was uh, going under, um, you know, so we we weren't getting paid and, and things like that. And the club was trying to get you paid, you know, then you had people that come in and, and put money into club to try to keep it going. And it, you know, so, and I think it was the only time I ever got put on the transfer list at Derby because I think everybody was put on the transfer list mm. to see if anybody would want to buy them, you know, buy us. So that was the only time in my 20-year career that I was actually transfer listed. Wow. How difficult is it to to just focus on the football and, and do well when there's so much going on off the pitch and you, you, there's uncertainty about what's going on with the club and, and stuff like that? Do you just have to focus as much as you can on football? Well, you have to focus on your football bit because... At the end of the day, it, 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 for you, it's personal. You know, it's like being like fitness. If you're if you're not fit to play in the matches, then it's down to you personally. It's not down to a fitness coach or a manager. You know, you you've got to take ownership. And I think that's one of the things I would say to younger players or, or any player really that you've got to take ownership of your your side of it. Then your bargain is that you've got to be fit to play. You know, I don't think. Blake, I actually went out 100% fit on a Saturday to play in my career. If I did, I must really did it once or twice because you've always got niggles or you've got always had a little knock or you've got a cut down your shin from training or something like that with, with people like Vinnie Jones and Peter Nicholas in your, in your, in your squad. So you're just, um, 
you just have to deal with it. And, you know, football's just not physical. It's also mental, you know? And and maybe what, you know, Darby <laughs> come in you know he's had to deal with a lot during his career you know um the press they've always had a little bit of a, a hunt on him um but he's come through it and he's he's he's, he's dealt with it and uh, you know you you wish him you wish him well because i know what management's like when you know it, it, it is you know going in first time you need you need to get these people around you who are different to you because you need to, you get, you got your strengths as a, as a manager, but you also have to have people around you who've got different strengths as well. So, you know, it, it is um, a great opportunity for him. Running with Jake, the podcast. So let me get this right. We've got about a minute to tell the listeners of Talk Derby to me about our podcast, our show, the Running with Jake podcast. Yeah, we have you. Get on with it. This is brilliant. What, why are you talking like that? Because I'm from... You don't normally talk like that. Because... I'm on Talk Derby to me. I just thought I'd be a little bit more Derby. That's all right. Is that all right? Well, I well, don't I, know. What? I mean, that's, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm from Derby as well, but I'm not talking like that. I've, I've not suddenly slipped into that accent. Well, maybe you should. You can be a little bit more Derby. I'm going to tell the lovely listeners of Talk Derby to me about our podcast, our show. Hey, they're not lovely. Carry on. <laughs> running with Jake, the podcast. Yes, it's a running show for all levels of ability. We talk fitness. We talk health. We talk the mental side of training. But, 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 but. We kind of like to have a bit of a laugh as well, right? We talk about more stuff than just running. We leave no stone unturned. We talk about a whole bunch of stuff. And yes, we've got listeners from all over the world, but our favourite are from Derby. I mean, I'm a Chad lad. You're from the city centre. We are Derby people. Come on, ALS and youth. If you're into running or having a laugh, just search Running With Jake, the podcast. You might like it, me duck. Right, see you down Dolphin later, yeah? If you look at people like Calvin Lewin, you know, um, who's who's changed completely with Ancelotti's philosophy for him that one touch, one and two touch finishes in there, but he now actually chucks himself in that six yard box to score. I was actually thinking the other day that somebody, one of my friends, was talking to me about goals, and he said, "How many goals did you score outside the box?" And I, I'd stopped and I saw three, four. Maybe ten. I don't know ten, but I said it isn't isn't many. Um, I said because I couldn't kick it that far. So I said, you know, and he, he just started laughing. And I went honestly. I said I, I didn't I didn't really score a lot of goals outside the eighteen yard box, you know, because it was always about getting across the near post or, or running in between when people made the runs to the near or far or, or what have you. I didn't really go a lot to the far because I couldn't actually get as high as a lot of people as well but you know it is you know one of them that you have to take that gamble and and just hope that ball comes in in the right area it's an instinctive thing it makes the the result on saturday makes the two dis- disappointing draws beforehand look a lot better now doesn't it um i think i think it was never going to be an easy job was it coming yeah. in you know they the club i don't think they had had a result then one for 10 games or 11 yeah. games that day. Um, when when you look at that, it was never, ever going to be easy. I was always a little bit wary when there was, you know, four people that were in charge. You know, you, I think, you, you know, everybody knows that you've got to have a manager, you know, and that don't matter whatever living you're in. You have to have somebody that leads, uh, sort of leads the line, really. So, um, 
it was good when Wayne Wayne got the opportunity. Um, you know, there's always lots of speculation about Sam Allardyce, and then there's uh, John Terry and everybody. But you know, Wayne Wayne's had to deal with that, so he know that he just needs to carry on doing what he's doing. And if if you look at it, and hopefully they can go and get uh, another three points at Brentford and on on Wednesday night. And if they can do that, then all of a sudden Wayne's getting four points from every two games. And that looks a complete different picture. And hopefully that will take him out of the bottom three on on, on Tuesday, uh, on Wednesday night. Um, so they they just got to keep believing in and, and change people's mentality. You know, I think that it's a lot more of a, there's a lot more tempo now. Um, and, and people have, have grown in confidence because... It does take a whack of your confidence when you when you keep losing. Definitely. Looking back at your your time at Derby playing, then what are your your favourite memories? I had a, a quick look at some videos earlier, and one of them was a, an over a kick from about twelve yards out. I thought it was Maradona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see, it was still inside the box though. That was it. Not, couldn't kick it that far. Um, yeah, it was a goal against Luton actually that I scored overhead kick goal. Um, we drew two each on the day and I actually got in the goal of the month uh, group. So it, it weren't that bad. I don't know whether I won it or not, but um, I, I did actually uh, have an amazing run in that game right at the end and fired it past the post. So I must remember that one more than the overhead kick goal. But yeah, it was a, it was a good goal. And, and my time at Derby was, um, Derby will be always a special club to me because it was my first club. You know, it got me the opportunity to come back in, you know, other than what I said about Sheffield United. But um, I had a great opportunity with Colin Addison and John Newman there and then the likes of Roy McFarland as a player. And then he took over as the, as a manager. And then, of course, Arthur Cox came in. So I had the, made, I had the great run where I got 13 goals in, in 13 games at the start of the 80, 84-84 five season and um, then I broke my arm on the 13th of October and um, it sort of stopped that season. I, I went in on the Monday morning and Arthur Cox said them, he said, we were going to sell you today. He said, you were going to Ipswich for 150 grand. So it was a, it's one of them that you have to deal with and, and put it to the back of your mind. It, you know, I had a, a couple of weeks where, I, I didn't really do a lot, and then I was back ready to to try to get fit. So trying to get the the uh, fitness going and keeping it with Gordon Guffrey there, bless him. Um, you were never you were never not going to be fit because he worked really hard and he was uh, a, a good guy and he, he he had a lot of time for everybody and and, and tried to help when he could, you know. Um, but you you know. I think I think people sometimes think football is quite a lonely place at times, you know, because um, you are in a team, but at the end of the day, you're you're fighting for that that spot with everybody else, you know. And most probably one of the best partnerships I I built was with Bobby Davison. Um, we we clicked and we 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 got on well off the pitch, but also we clicked on the pitch and we you know even though we were most probably very similar in size and and stature he was mostly a bit taller than me with his high heels on but um he um you know we got on well and I think that just helped 
our, our partnership in general. But when I came back after the injury of my broken arm, I came back at, uh, I think we played Swansea away. We beat them 5-2 and I scored to, to get back on the, you know, back playing again. And then we played at home to York, I think, on New Year's Day. And then Arthur Cox pulled me after the game and said to me that they've accepted a bid from uh, Ipswich Town and um, they want me to go down tomorrow for a, a chat and a medical. So, um, most probably a bit unexpected, really, when I'd been off, you know, with the injury and what have you. But, um, you know, it was, it was a great opportunity. Didn't really want to leave Derby, if I'm being honest, because I, I could see what, Arthur Cox was going to build and, and what he was about. And he certainly was a manager that got the best out of me. Um, so it, it's certainly one of them that um, you, you sort of go and, and you chat to Ipswich and, and you see the surroundings at the time and, and you see what they'd got there with the training ground and they had the indoor gym above the, the you know, the, above the changing rooms. And it was sold to me, really. Um, I, I said that I needed to go home and, and think about it and, and chat to a few people. And, you know, but I'd all, virtually already made my mind up. And uh, I signed the day after. Um, and then I, I actually scored on my debut there, you know, for them against Gillingham in the FA Cup. So it was a good start. And it, it, I was moved, I, I felt you know, at the time Derby were in the third division, which is the second in the division nowadays, and, and Ipswich were in the first division. And it was too big an opportunity to turn down. And that was what Arthur Cox told me as well. He said that you deserve to go and have an opportunity playing the in the top league. And it it turned out to be a, a really good move for me. Um I got I think nine goals in my first, you know, from the January to the end of the season, scored two at Sunderland, which kept us up. And, you know, it, it was a club that I felt that I did develop as a player. You know, I had a, a, a manager in Bobby Ferguson who was very tough and uh, an excellent coach along with Charlie Woods and a, and a guy called Brian Owen, um, who was a reserve team coach who they all, they all wanted you to develop and, always remember on a Monday and a Tuesday afternoon when we had no games, we'd be doing extra work. We'd be doing technical work up in the gym or out on the pitch and finishing and bits and bobs. You used to do finishing after games, after training anyway, because it was just something that you wanted to improve on. But, you know, it, it was a club that I sort of felt as a player. I think my strength at Derby was my, my pace running in behind and running at people, but I learned the other side of Ipswich about holding the ball up and bringing people into play, and and we used to go into the gym in the afternoon, and Bobby would be there going, hold it up, lay it off and spin, hold it up, lay it off and spin, and you used to think repetition, repetition after time and time, but it, it, did, it did well for me because it, it got me to where where I wanted to be, you know, where I wanted to play. And it, it uh, certainly was um, a club that uh, I feel that I developed my body more than anywhere. 
you left Derby right right on the like the verge of the the special few years under Arthur, where they got the, the two promotions and into yeah. well into Division One. Do you ever look back and think if you'd have stayed, you'd have been part of that journey, or is it hard to as a footballer? Like I said, Blake, really, it was too too big of an opportunity mm-hmm. to turn down, and and you know Arthur Cox did come back to try to sign me at one stage, but they wanted six hundred thousand pounds. So um, from when I was at Chelsea, but. You, you, you can't look back, you know, um, I, I, love, I love to see Derby do well. I like to see all my clubs do well, you know, um, and the old clubs that I played for. But I don't think you can look back. I think you've just got to try to look ahead and, and be positive and, and, and work for you. And, and I think also when you used to play, you know, Derby, I think Derby came to Ipswich and I must have had one of my worst games of the season when I played against them. And, and sometimes it's not easy playing against an old club. You can ask Chris Martin about that when he played against, you know, um, Derby against Bristol City. You know, it wasn't, it's never easy sometimes, but um, it was the right move for me. It, it, it was the one that developed me, you know, <laughs> everywhere was a long journey from it, switched, to be honest. Um, you know, it was, I think, nine out of ten were overnight stays, you know, so... You know, it was uh, a little bit out on the uh, out the way, but it was a it's a bit of a similar club to Derby in the way. It was a small a small club at the time. Both were little small clubs from little uh, that were very homely. Um, have had recognition in Europe and and done exceptionally well, winning titles and things like that. And I I had two little clubs, and then I had the chance to go to Chelsea, which. Uh, you know, then that was a, another one that I had to make a big decision because my contract was up at Ipswich at the time. How different was going down to the, the uh, West End in London and all that to compared to being out like all the trips down the A14 down to uh, down to Ipswich and everything? How different was it landing in the middle of London? Yeah, it's a, it, very different. You know, you, you you have accommodation first of all, and and you're on the you're on the King's Road and. All of, all of a sudden, it's must be more busy at three o'clock in the morning on the road than it was at three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, with everybody. But now it, it was so different, you know, going to a, a, a big club in London. Um, and, and I'm not saying Derby and Ipswich weren't big clubs, but they were they were like small clubs in the way, but big clubs from where I sort of looked at it. But Chelsea was the big club in London. Um and it all of a sudden you're going into the big. It, it looks, it feels like the big wide world, you know, because it is, it is massive and and what have you. And I still mostly think at that time they were still the biggest club in London, or people looked at it as the biggest club in London. Um, I know Tottenham are putting a little bit of a fight now to try to wrestle that away, but you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Frank Lampard will. Uh, carry on the good work that like he did at Derby at Chelsea. So um I could just imagine you walking down the King's Road with your moustache in the in the mid eighties <laughs> after a good game. One like the one that like you're growing down like November's <laughs> yeah. over by the way. <laughs> I've got the window open. This might blow off. All oh, right, is that it? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yeah, you know, you, you you look at it and you you have you have great memories. You know, it, it was completely different because the training ground was at Harlington near Heathrow Airport, where QPR train now, 
Um, and you very rarely went into the club into London, you know. So I ended up uh, having, um, I lived in Hamel Hempstead. Um, so it was, you know, it was a, it was all right to uh, 45 minutes sometimes, well, 45 minutes sometimes on the M25 and it could be take you two hours some other days to get to training. And it was no different to going into London, you know, it was so different. So you had to learn the back routes and the rat runs and everywhere just to get round and get there on time sometimes. So no, it, it, you mostly look back and I mostly think, well, you know, did I expect to get where I did? No, I mostly didn't, you know, but I worked really hard for it. And I made sure that I, I rest well, I ate well, I, I drank well, but I also made sure that I was ready for games, you know, and ready to perform. And I think that's one thing I would say to younger players is make sure you're ready, you know, do all the, do all everything right that you can to, to be able to perform the best you can week in, week out. Have you got, I always ask this, and it's always an interesting answer. Have you got any regrets at all over your career? No, no, no regrets. People say to me, people say to me about playing now, you know, would you want to be playing now and earn the money that some of these that the players are earning? No, I enjoyed it when I did. You know, I was happy what I, what I did and, and what have you. And, you know, it, it, it's one of them that you uh, look back on. I've got great memories. I've got fantastic memories and I, I can tell you, you know, lots of good stories and what have you about the, my, you know, my career and, and, and players that I played with and you know, you know when I look back I, you know you're travelling in with Vinnie Jones he's now uh, Holly he was in the Hollywood superstar you know world and, and what have you but a, a fantastic guy you know all the different people you know your Dennis's wives your Kevin Hitchcock's um, your, your, your Andy Townsend's you know Paul Elliott you know they're all all nice people you know, in in their own way, but they all had a ruthless streak to them. You know, I played with Peter Nicholas, and he was the one that was involved with Graham Souness in the tackle in the Scotland Wales game, and he was hard as nails. And he, you know, and you used to think, gee, you know, but training, they trained as they played. You know, that that's the thing about it. You know, you you didn't go out there and just have an easy session. Yeah, you had easy sessions when you needed, but physical contact because that, that's how the game was played and you were expected to train that way. Train as you play, you know. So, yeah, you know, no, I've got no regrets. I've, I've, had, I've got great memories and I've played with some great players and I've, I've certainly played for some, some great clubs. Um, most probably the only club that it didn't go really to plan was when I went to Notts County. Um, you know, with Neil Warnock. Um, most probably wasn't the manager that I... He, that most probably got the best out of me. Um, and But I respect him for what he's done because you only have to look at his um, way that he's done with, the you know, all the championship clubs. I think he's the highest manager to win promotion in, out of the championship. So... Yeah, most probably didn't didn't see his methods or or what have you at the time. Um, but you've got to respect him because of what he's done, and I've got I have got that. I've got a lot of respect for him for what he's done and and how he how he's done, and he's still you know he's still there now managing at Middlesbrough, and 
you know, getting getting three points. So yeah, you know, he, he's still he's still doing it, and you know, it's it's like my old Mark Blake. You you get you get people around you who are, are got different strengths to you, so that you can actually build your football club around them as well because it's not just about you as a manager you, you know I used to have even at non-league me, me and Steve Chettle would have plenty of rows over certain things and and what have you and but they were constructive rows and they made me think and they they made me better as a person and the same with, with Steve you know they were done in a in a way that well you know I don't agree with that and, and you don't want people just to agree with you you want people there to to give their opinion because that's what you you you're there employed for. Which manager do you think you took the most from going into you being a manager? A little bit of everybody, really. You know, I, I, I like I liked um, you know Colin Addison gave me an opportunity at Derby, um, and he was very um, personal, very personal with you and and everything and. Happy and, and what have you. Um, Arthur Cox was like a sergeant major, the general, you know. He, he, you knew what was expected, you know. You knew what was expected all, all the time. And like I said, he, 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 got, he got the best out of me at that time when he, when he came in. Um, and he, he made me realise that sometimes I was running for the sake of running rather than making, you know, runs into the box, getting myself in the box. And, and this is what we are talking about earlier. You know, he made me realise that you're going to get goals by scoring in the box. And sometimes you've got to save your energy to get in the box to score goals rather than chasing maybe lost causes. But that was most probably one that I, I enjoyed more, the lost causes to try to to get there and what have you. But, yeah, he made me realise that, you know, you need to be in the box to go and score goals and, and take chances. Um, and he said, yeah, you'll miss them. That doesn't matter. He said, but you're there to miss them. He said, if you're not there to miss them, then we, we have problems because he said, you're a centre forward and you're meant to score goals. So him, Bobby Ferguson, uh, Ipswich for most probably improving me as a player and and, and it, I must we learned from him that where Arthur would talk to you with about it Bobby would most probably actually demonstrate what he wanted from you you know um, Bobby Campbell was exactly the same the manager at uh, Chelsea when I went in there was a fantastic coach um, and he, he showed me different ways Um Chris Nicholl as well, you know, at Warsaw when I went when I went there as a player coach, he sort of started to show me the other side of it, you know, the management side of it and the coaching side of it and when when to have easy days and when not to have easy days. And you know, I know they talk about different things. They have these seven now they have these programs for seven weeks so they know where they are and what they're doing, high intensity, low intensity medium intensity you know Chris Chris was already playing the style um, that everybody's playing now really you know where you got the one striker we I used to play as a 10 behind Kyle Lightbourne he had two wingers 
you know, um, and then you had two midfield players sat in behind in a, in a back four. It, he was already ahead of the times, you know, and one of his one of his first meetings at, at Warsaw was um, he walked he walked. Uh, I got a, got a call from the physio to say you need to go down and see the new manager, and and I had actually applied for the job because I'd been there a year and, and done very well, and and uh, I I just thought well you know there might be an opportunity, but you know Chris. I went down to see him and he was such a, a imposing figure, six foot two, six foot three, and just looked at me and stared at me and went, you're one of the lucky ones. He said, I wanted to try to buy you when I was at Southampton. So you sort of go, well, right, okay. He said, so player coach, you know what the player coach does, don't you? And I said, come with me, come on. So he took me next door to the canteen or the kitchen where it was, he goes, cup of tea every morning when you get in right and he showed me how he wanted doing everything like that and he he was fantastic for me he was he was brilliant i could ask him many questions um it was a fantastic coach but hard absolute hard as nails you know he was a, a hard as nails in in the way he was and, and the way he set his team up and and what have you but and unfortunately, he's got he's got dementia or Alzheimer's now, and um, yeah, very 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 sad because he was a lovely lovely guy, and I've been to see him a few you know a few times when he was over in Warsaw. But um, yeah, you know the, the the sort of things like that sort of make you realise that you you live for today, and and tomorrow is a is another day, as you might say. Really, it's been absolutely brilliant. Kevin and uh, I've really enjoyed it. You've obviously we, we touched on your, your track record of bringing youngsters through. Have we got a, another Chad Adams you can you can tell us about? Is it one to keep an eye on? Now the, the, you know there's a young there's a young one uh, Wade Hines at Baseford who, who was at Forest as a a kid. He he, he had his problems, um, but I I think he's got a, an exceptional chance. Uh, I've got a young goalkeeper Jordan P- Pierpont who who's now playing first team uh, at Baseford or, or challenging with Kieran Preston at Baseford. So, um, yeah, I've got, I've got some good young players and, and it's all about taking time and, and moving them forward and what have you. And they've got to live, they've got to live it. You know, they, there's no point just going in there and thinking, well, I'm a, I'm a professional footballer now. You, you've got to go and live it and you've got to make sure you work hard and, and do the right things at the right times because, that will help you when when it comes. And the three A's, as they say, attitude, application equals ability. And that's one of the things that we used to work on with the, the with the young players. And and that that was important because they they had to make sure they were ready for games. Yeah, well, it's been absolutely brilliant. I've, I've kept you long enough now. I do appreciate. Oh, it. Excellent. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye.